Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 223, and today we are talking about books being released on August 27th, 2019, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello again! Hello! Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. Is is this number three? Is this three for you? This is three for me. That's exciting. It is. I love being a guest on this show, and every time I prepare to be your guest, I'm always in awe of you for reading so many books week after week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that, and also, I don't really do anything. <laughs> you know, that is life. It's like the most frequently asked question is, like, how do you read so much? But nobody ever seems to like the answer, because it's always like, um, I sleep three hours, and I don't answer my emails ever and I don't leave the house and I don't talk to people very much throughout the day like yeah it's exactly how you think I would read so much people really want you to be like I read a lot of books because I eat chocolate chip cookies and play video games all day that's what everyone wants to hear but I'm very sorry it's not the case (laughs) now I want to play video games Hmm. (laughs) well instead we have to talk about new releases which is not a bad thing no it's, it's a good thing um, would you, before we do that, please tell us about our first in-show sponsor? Absolutely. So our first sponsor is Chase Darkness with Me by Billy Jensen. So author Billy Jensen has spent 15 years as a journalist investigating unsolved crimes And he's also the author who helped finish um, a little book you might have heard of called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, um, which was started by author Michelle McNamara. She died suddenly, um, and he helped finish this. So he's also the co-creator and co-host of the highly acclaimed true crime podcast, The Murder Squad. So um, this book is... um, a really interesting one that true crime authors and enthusiasts and true crime authors and enthusiasts sing um, his praises for John Douglas, the former chief of the FBI investigative support unit and author of the number one New York Times bestseller Mindhunter. Um, calls Chase Darkness with Me a breakthrough crime narrative. And Patton Oswald, the comedian, actor, writer, and husband of the late Michelle McNamara, says it's an intense, fascinating read for true crime lovers and newbies. So you can get in on the action. Jensen encourages readers to come along on the journey with him and try to help solve everyday unsolved crimes. So an entire section at the back of the book is dedicated to helping readers become everyday citizen crime solvers, which sounds really interesting. I loved I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and I I've recently devoured all two seasons of Mindhunter. So if everybody's singing the praises of this book, I definitely have to check it out. So I have lots of thoughts that I'm going to say before I start talking about my first book. Um, Pertaining to Chase Darkness with me, which we will have a link to in the show notes. 
Um, one is that I wish I could be one of those people that sit around all night, like, on their computers and solve web crimes. Like, not web crimes, but, like, are on the web looking for, like, matches between, like, missing people and bodies found and all that stuff. There's, like, books about those people now. Um, but I'm afraid that if I sat down to do that, I would never stop. Like, I would just, like, put everything else aside and just become obsessed. So I've really re- resisted that temptation, but it sounds, like, really interesting. Um, also, I have been watching Mindhunters, which I haven't watched all of the second season yet, but... I finally realized, like, it's a really upsetting show. I mean, they're, like, discussing real crimes, you know, in a fictional setting. But I figured out how they get me to, like, they they hook me in and get me to be like, oh, yeah, okay. Because I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is horrifying, and I'm going to have nightmares, and I'm never going to stop thinking about this. And then they play the music at the end, and it's always, like, a song that I love from, like, the 70s. So I'll be like, oh, this was so awful. It was so hor- Oh, Tusk! Oh, I love this song! And then, like, I just sing that song the rest of the night. It's like brainwashing. I finally figured out, like, that's how they... And they do that in um, Escape from Denimara and also, like, Sharp Objects. Like, they'd play Led Zeppelin. I was just like, oh, that was really... Oh, I love this song. So I- I'm <laughs> on to them. Like, I figured it out because you're going, oh, oh, great. And then you're, like, humming, you know, Fleetwood Mac the rest of the night. Um... So, it's yeah. totally their formula. Yeah. That was a really long talk about that, but also I want to say one more thing, because while we're talking about true crime, um, I recently read the most upsetting true crime book I've ever read. Like, without a doubt, just horrifying. If you want to read the most upsetting true crime book, um, it was American Predator, and it was... Whew, yeah, I've read a lot of them, but that one really, that one really knocked me back, so... Um, if that's your kind of thing, being terrified, then definitely pick that one up. Uh, so now I'm going to talk about my first pick, which is a new release today and is not about true crime, but it is awesome. It's called Last Ones Left Alive by Sarah Davis Goff. And it's about zombies in Ireland. Woohoo! Uh, so yeah, I, I love a zombie novel. So it is... Uh, we're uh, taking place. There's a little island off the coast of Ireland, and it's now post-apocalypse time. There are things called shrakes, which are zombies. They will chomp you and eat you or infect you. Um, they've taken over all of the country, and the narrator is a young woman named Orpen. She lives on this island with her mother and her mother's partner, Maeve. And this is the only life that she has ever known. She's always been on this island, uh, and they know she knows that, like, on the mainland... That's a problem. Like, you don't want to go there because zombies. Uh, So her mother and Maeve teach her life skills, uh, teach her survival skills. And so we see this. It kind of goes back and forth um, in flashbacks and then present day. Like, you learn about, like, everything that they taught her, like how to fight and what to eat. And then in the present day, Orpin is now on the mainland, which is, like, as we know, bad idea. But she's there with her dog, Danger, and she has her mother's partner, Maeve, in a wheelbarrow. And Maeve is unconscious, and she's not well. And uh, Orpen is taking her to what she believes is going to be, like, a, a place where there will be people and help. And, like, she's headed for this city. And, like, in zombie novels, there's always that city, right? In, like, not even zombie novels, like, post-apocalyptic Novels, there's always, like, that city that people are trying to get to where things are going to be great and the water's going to be clean and all this stuff. So, in this book, it's called Phoenix City, which is kind of, like, right on the nose. 
rising from the ashes. And so now she is stabbing and slashing her way to refuge and trying to get help for Maeve. And I was a little, like, I thought it might go the way of a couple of other books that I read recently, where, like, she's on this island with her mom and her mom's partner, and, you know, they're telling her, like, oh, zombies, bad things over there. And I thought maybe she was going to get to the mainland and realize, like, none of that was true. But no, no. There are creatures, and they attack and bite and gnash their teeth. Um, it's a really great literary zombie novel. I love a literary zombie novel. It's tense. It's gross. Uh, the very first sentence is about her pulling off her toenails, so like, if you're squeamish, maybe not the book for you. Um, it's heartbreaking. It's being compared to Station Eleven, but I found it a little more on the Cormac McCarthy description-y side than on the Emily St. John Mandel side. Um, but, I mean, it's really interesting because it's, it paints a really vivid picture of this young woman's life, you know, as, like, this, her circumstances are the only one that she's ever known. You know, whereas, like, we know, like, what she's missing and what she hasn't seen, you know, she doesn't. And so it was really fun to read about that. So this one is called Last Ones Left Alive, and it's by Sarah Davis Goff. That sounds excellent, and I love that you kicked off with, like, a zombie novel because we're heading towards fall, and, like, for me, that's where I want all things, like, cozy and creepy and all the fall vibes. Um, so it's appropriate that my next pick is Pumpkin Heads by Rainbow Rowell and Faith Erin Hicks. Um, so this is a graphic novel, and it's young adult, and I don't know about any of you out there, but I feel like I remember that it was announced years and years and years ago that Rainbow Rowell and Faith Aaron Hicks were teaming up to do a graphic novel. And we've just been like waiting for ages for this book. And now it's finally here and it is delightful. So Pumpkin Heads is, um, you know, no gruesome um sort of zombies but it is very fall because it takes place on halloween and it's about these two best friends josiah and deja and they work at like the disneyland of pumpkin patches and it's a seasonal job so they're best friends only in the fall and then when um, pumpkin patch season ends they kind of like go their separate ways so this is really significant because um, when this book takes place it is Halloween night, so their final night in the pumpkin patch, their senior year of high school. So it's like their last night at the pumpkin patch. And Deja is like dead set on getting Josiah to finally, finally talk to his longtime crush because this is his last chance in order to do so. And he's really sweet and shy and uncertain, um, but she's really confident and she's just like, nope, you're going to do it. And so they go on this, like, epic adventure throughout this wonderland of a pumpkin patch, um, eating all the great food and fall favorites of the season and trying to find this girl so Josiah can finally confess his feelings for her. And there are just so many delightful hijinks and lovely little fall details. Um, fall is my favorite season, so I read this book and I just immediately wanted to get cozy and drink pumpkin spice and it's a really really great friendship story with just a little bit of a hint of a romance and it made me so so happy so that is pumpkin heads by rainbow rowell and faith aaron hicks and i i can't imagine a better book to pick up for the season all right so uh i was explaining this to tears before the show um you know i usually read a lot of new releases you know for the show and I just could not 
find that many that I enjoyed. I'm not going to name any because I feel bad and it was probably just me. Maybe it's the mood I'm in. Um, but I just, I had to save a couple for the newsletter. So if you go to our show notes, you can find a link to get the weekly newsletter and you can read about other new releases. Uh, but I had to save a couple for that. So I'm going to do something a little different with my last, my, not my last couple picks. Well, I could, they could be my last cause it's only four. Um, my next couple picks, um, it, I'm going to talk about a series as opposed to just the book because uh, today is the new release of the 15th Louise Penny novel. It's called A Better Man, and I've had that Pearl Jam song stuck in my head for like hours now since I wrote my notes. Um, and it is the 15th novel in her Chief Inspector Gamache series. And I read the first five, and for reasons that like I cannot explain or remember. I dropped off somehow. I have not read the last nine, now ten, um, but I'm thinking, like, I really want to pick them up again. I'm getting really excited to do that. I have the first five. I might reread those. So this is a really great series. I mean, huge, like, huge. This is a big deal. People are really excited for this new book. And the first one is called Still Life. They take place in this little tiny town uh, called Three Pines. It's a fictional place. Uh, it's a small town in uh, Quebec. Um, so Chief Inspector Gamash is, he's gone to investigate this mysterious death of a local woman in this town. And like at first it looks like maybe she was just the victim of a stray bow. Like there was some like horrible hunting accident mishap. But as he digs, he finds some dark secrets in town because don't they always find dark secrets? Um, I'm going to go off, I'm just going to go off on tangents all day today, apparently. Um, but I really enjoy that, you know, some people have secrets. Uh, I hate when I'm reading a book or, um, let's just say, uh, Broadchurch, the first season of Broadchurch. Like, when you're watching something and there's been a crime and they go and interview everybody and it's like, well, while the crime was being perpetrated... Two of the people they interview um, had been off having affairs. One was, like, hiding asylum seekers. Uh, one was off buying drugs. It's like everyone has some weird, you know, excuse for, like, not being at home that day or, like, you know, why they're trying to hide what they were doing that evening. And it's like, come on, everyone just stays home at night. Like, nobody has this. Like, the harder things to prove are people without alibis. Like, that's the best. So, like, I, you know, I appreciate that she doesn't have everyone, like, doing something ridiculous that night so that everyone is a suspect all the time. Um, and so, like her plots, the inspector is very calm and he's rational and he's very smart. Uh, some people call these cozies. Um, I think they're a little darker than cozies, but then the description of what a cozy mystery is cannot really be, like, agreed upon. Some people say cozies are mysteries with very little um, sex or blood or death or um, bad language, whereas some people say cozy mysteries have to be mysteries that are solved by someone other than a law enforcement agent. So whatever you decide, I mean, they're not like super graphic or scary or anything. They're just really good. Um, and the second one, I remember like the, the crime itself. I was like, how did that happen? Um, and then, so I'm looking forward to going back and reading these. Uh, and although I've only read the first five, I do suggest reading them in order because they are, you know, mentioned, things are mentioned as the, as the series goes along. Um, the publisher probably hates when people say that, but it's true. So go back and buy all 14 before you read this one. Um, so it is A Better Man. It is the Chief Inspector Gamache series, and they are by Louise Penny. My second pick is My Life as an Ice Cream Sandwich by E.B. Zaboy. 
And um, E.B. has written two really great YA books and edited a really great YA anthology. This is her first middle grade novel. Um, So this one was really like a very fun, quick, easy read with like some good emotional heft. Um, So it's about um, this girl named Ebony Grace and she is from down south and she is obsessed with space because her grandfather is an engineer, but her mother is not very um, accepting of her obsession with space because she doesn't think it's very becoming or very ladylike. So the book starts when Ebony Grace is sent up north to um, stay with her dad for the summer in Harlem. And it's like a completely different planet for Ebony Grace. Um, And... Uh, she is a very, very imaginative kid who's obsessed with Star Trek. So, like, most of this book is her imagining um, that she's on a different planet and that she has to be the hero and save the day. And she really needs to learn um, a lot about coming into a new place and kind of respecting traditions and the way people do things um, because she is like a guest in this space, um, which is really interesting um, to read about how she kind of comes about realizing this. Um, she's one of those kids, like in fiction that reminds me a lot of, um, like the great Gilly Hopkins and all those like really classic books where the main characters are kind of seen as like troublemakers or, or, you know, kind of naughty kids, but really they just have really big imaginations and, um, they're very willful and usually they've got a lot of, um, personal hurt that they're carrying around that they have to work through. And this is definitely Ebony Grace because she's d- feeling abandoned by her grandfather and she does not want her father to think that she's enjoying her time in New York because um, her father would like her to come live with him full time and she definitely doesn't want that. So this is a really fun book set in summer. They have a lot of hijinks and a lot of, um, you know, Friendship drama, family drama. Um, I think that if anybody has read Rita Williams Garcia's um, One Crazy Summer, that trilogy, they might like my life as an ice cream sandwich a lot. So, yeah, this was just a really fun, great um, middle grade novel for kids and for adults to enjoy. Um, that is My Life as an Ice Cream Sandwich by E.B. Zavoy. All right. Before I ramble on about... Lots of things today, apparently. Um, I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor. It is Bombas. Bombas is back. These are the most comfortable socks. And I love them. Which is, hard, which is like a big deal for me to say because, as you know, I do not like socks at all. I do not like things on my feet. So if I have to wear socks, I really like wearing these. Um, I've even found that I've been wearing them around the house when I don't need to. It's like, <gasps> it's shocking to me. Um, but they, I mean, they'll change the way you think about socks forever. You know, they're just, they're so, so comfortable. Uh, and so they gave me a couple of pairs. They're super awesome. Uh, most recently I got a pair of ones that are like barely there because I was like, well, you know, I don't like to wear socks, so I should probably get the smallest, tiniest ones that I can get. Um, and they're like so cushy and comfortable and they breathe really well. And so then I got a little creative and, you know, very feeling very daring. I got a pair of ankle socks. Um, and instead of black, because black is like the color that I wear pretty much all the time, 
um, shocking no one, uh, I got a pair of fluorescent pink and gray ones because if I have to wear color, I like it to be a color that you can't hear anybody over because I don't know, that's just how it is. Uh, and they're so cute. They And like their logo has like a little bee with a crown and so they have them on their socks and like a little honeycomb and it's really cute. And they're just so comfortable. Um, you know, and I just, I don't like socks. I don't like things on my feet normally. Um, but these like breathe really well and, you know, and, and it's like great because every pair of socks that you get, like every pair of socks that you purchase, they donate a pair of socks to, uh, people in need, which is, which is awesome. Um, and, and they really, they do really feel like the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Um, they're made from natural cotton and they come with an arch support and they have a seamless toe. And a cushioned footbed that's, like, super comfy, but, like, you don't know it's there. Like, seriously, like, when they say, like, they have a footbed, I, I wouldn't know that because, again, you don't sense it. You can't tell. Um, but they have, like, all different colors. Like, and since, I think since, since the last time they were sponsors, they have, like, so many more colors. Um, like, really bright fluorescent ones and, like, knee-high socks. Like, they're, they're, like, really great. And as I said, you know, for every purchase that you make, they donate a pair to someone in need. So you can buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash all the books, and you can get 20% off your first purchase. So that is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash all the books, and you get 20% off. And so we thank them for sponsoring. All right. Moving on from socks. Um, I'm going to talk about another series that has a book out today. Uh, that I really love. And I don't, I can't remember if I talked about the first book when it came out. She's been cranking them out so fast, I can't, I can't keep up with her. Uh, this is the Noodle Shop Mystery Series by Vivian Chien. And the new one out today is called Wonton Terror. But the first one is called Death by Dumpling. And I love this series. Now, this is definitely a cozy mystery series. Um, but, like, they're substantial. Like, the stories are really funny and they're smart. Um, it's about a young woman named Lana Lee. She's in her 20s. And in the first book, she has quit her job, and her life is kind of falling apart. Uh, and she winds up back in the place that she doesn't want to be, which is home. And she's working for her family's Chinese restaurant. And so, like, her family's nosy, and, you know, she's got to listen to, like, put up with them and like about her life choices. But then the landlord of the plaza where the restaurant uh, exists uh, dies, like, very shortly after buying dumplings from the restaurant. And it turns out that he is allergic to shellfish, and he ordered the pork dumplings, but when they investigate, he was given the shrimp dumplings, and they think it was on purpose. So now, they realize, like, probably somebody in the restaurant killed him, and so Lana Lee, she works at the restaurant, so now she wants to clear her name, uh, because one, she doesn't want to be charged with murder, and two, there's a cute police officer investigating, and she doesn't want him to think she's a murderer. Uh, they're just so much fun. I really, really enjoy this series. Plus, the titles are fantastic. Like, I love Cozy Mysteries partly just because they come up with the greatest puns for, like, all of them. And so, like, the second one is called The Dim Sum of All Fears. The third one is Murder Lomain. And then there's this one, The Wonton Terror, or the new one today. And then there's one coming out in the spring because she's just, like, boom, boom, dropping them out. It's called Egg Drop Dead, which is just, just really, it's just so awesome. This is also, like, at the top of my list of series that I would like to see. Uh, made into, like, a, a, you know, small series or, like, a big series. You know, they can do whatever. I'm trying to think. Oh, limited series. That was the word I was looking for. Um, they're just really fun. So it, this one today is called Wonton Terror, a noodle shop mystery. And the whole series is by Vivian Chien. 
I read the first one for the Read Harder Challenge and for the Read Harder podcast that I co-host with Vanessa earlier this year, and I've been meaning to pick up the other books. So I'm glad you reminded me. Those are great. Awesome. Yeah. So my next pick is um, one I'm really super excited about. It is All the Bad Apples by Moira Fowley-Doyle. And she has like rapidly become one of my favorite authors. Um, she has two other books out. Um, the Accident Season was her first novel. And um, The Spellbook of Lost and Found was her second. So All the Bad Apples is her third. She's a really great writer. She's Irish. And all of her books are set in Ireland. And they are all like very moody and kind of atmospheric. And they've usually got like this edge of like unexplainable magic to them that's not really like necessarily the big center focus or of the book or it's not really very flashy but it's kind of just like lurking in the periphery Um, and I really like that in these books so all the bad apples is about a 17 year old girl named Dina And she, on her 17th birthday, she accidentally kind of comes out to her family and then also kind of gets like this weird sort of um, news from her older sister, Mandy, who tells her that everybody in their family is cursed if for whatever reason they don't conform or the rest of the family kind of thinks that they are a bad apple. Um, then like these unexplained tragedies and um, like losses happen to them because they're cursed. And so it happened to Mandy and Mandy is now determined to go find the um, cause of this curse and see if she can have it lifted. And so when she tells Dina this, Dina's kind of like, okay, that's weird. Um, and Mandy also tells her, you know, you'll know if you've been cursed if you see um, three banshees. And, like, you know, you'll see one, then you'll see another, but and then you'll see a third. But, like, when all three come for you, like, that's when you got to be worried. And so Dina, again, is like, okay, that's really weird. But then she started to start seeing things that could be the banshees that um, she can't quite explain. And she's really curious. And then all of a sudden, Mandy disappears. And um, her car is found empty. Um, like a woman walking her dog says that she's pretty sure she saw Mandy um, jump from a cliff. And, but she was too far away to like positively ID her and they can't find the body. But everybody just assumes that Mandy has died, um, except for Dina. Dina like refuses to believe it. And so she starts to retrace Mandy's steps to figure out what she meant by um, wanting to break the curse. Um, so first of all, like cheers for, um, another YA novel that has a queer character. I was not expecting that with this book. Um, Mara Fowley-Doyle's last book, The Spell Book of Lost and Found, did have, um, a lesbian relationship in it that I was really excited about, but I did not know that the main character here would also be queer. Um, and it wasn't really indicated, I think, in a lot of the marketing, which is like a pet peeve of mine when publishers don't, you know, at least kind of somewhat slyly convey this. Um, because I think there are a lot of people out there really looking for um, really great novels of all kinds with queer representation. So All the Bad Apples is one of them. Um, but I also just love how moody and dark it is. And it's especially fitting as I 
Um, heading into the fall season, wanting all the creepy and atmospheric reads. So, um, yeah, this is a really great book. I'm not going to say any more about Dina's um, unraveling of Mandy's disappearance and her sort of road trip across Ireland to figure out where she went because I don't want to give anything away. Um, but it's just a really beautifully written novel. And if you like this one, I definitely recommend going back and reading all of the author's other books too, because they are all similarly great. So again, that's All the Bad Apples by Moria Fowley Doyle. All right. Two books set in Ireland, sort of, kind of, (laughs) today. Like, it always seems to be sort of themey without even meaning to. Um, So my last pick today, I am very excited about. I have talked about it before. The paperback of The Parking Lot Attendant by Nefkote Tamarat is out this week. I love this book so, so, so much. Um, but like last time when I talked about it, I could not find a, a way to pronounce her name online. Uh, so uh, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. Um, but I just, I, I read this book five times last year, um, and not at all this year, which means I need to read it this weekend again, um, just because of time issues. I just love it. So it has an unnamed narrator, which, as you know, is like my weak spot for books, my genre kryptonite, and that, you know, is like unnamed narrators, I guess, if that you call that a genre. Um, so she's, she's the unnamed narrator, and she's a teen, and at the beginning of the book, we know that she is on an island, like an undisclosed island, with her father in this sort of utopia setting. However, they have been asked to leave. They are getting kicked out. Uh, and then it kind of goes back to Boston, where she and her father lived. They were part of a tight-knit Ethiopian community, and you learned about like their life there and how they ended up in this utopia that they are now being asked to leave. Um, and so she is a high school student, um, and she gets mixed up with... The parking lot attendant, he is a member of their community. He's kind of like the king of their community. Uh, she hangs around with him, like, at his booth. And while, you know, he's he's supposedly a parking lot attendant, or he is a parking lot attendant, he kind of, like, runs the whole town. And her father doesn't want her hanging around with him um, because he's bad news. You know, he's obviously up to, to some illegal activities. But she just finds him so magnetic and, like, he makes her feel seen and he makes her feel important and smart, you know, like, like like she wants to be treated instead of being treated like a child by her dad. Um, and so even though it's so obvious that he's up to criminal activity, you know, she wants to help him and be his friend and hang around. Um, it's this amazing, very short, it's short. It's like 200 pages. I think just a little over 200 pages. It's a short novel about identity and independence and rebelling when you're a kid. Um, I will say that, uh, he is an adult. She is a teenager. There is nothing untoward that goes on between them. There's nothing, like, strange at all. So that is a relief. And it's just, you know, this kid who who is really taken with an adult and, and you know, appreciates, you know, being treated like an adult. Um, and it's just so, so good. And the weird thing, like, I've read it five times now, and I cannot put my finger on it, really. But then when I finish the book, it feels a little Kurt Vonnegut-ish to me. And I can't pick, like, the part why, or maybe it's just the writing, but I just loved this book so much. So, again, it is called The Parking Lot Attendant. It is now out in paperback, and it's by Nefkote Tamarat. Ooh, awesome. So, my final pick is actually a sequel. So, I feel like you're going to get a two-for-one here because I, of course, have to talk about the first book. Um, So, the book that I'm recommending is out today. It's Dead Voices by Catherine Arden. 
And it's the sequel to the book Small Spaces. Um, so these two books are actually Catherine Arden's middle grade books. You might recognize her, though, because she wrote the Winter Night trilogy, um, which started with The Bear and the Nightingale. That's really great adult fantasy. Um, but these are middle grade books. And oh, my God, you guys, they are so creepy. Um so I read Small Spaces earlier this year. Like a friend of mine gave it to me um, and she was like, I really want to you know your thoughts on this book. Can you read it? And, you know, we can chat. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I sat down and I read it in one sitting and I was not expecting to do that. And I was so creeped out by this book, which is a children's book. And, you know, you would think that me as an adult would not be so creeped out by something that's written for children, but I totally was. Um, and yet at the same time, it didn't have some hallmarks of the horror genre that sometimes I steer clear of, like mainly like grossness or violence or, um, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, but just, you know, sometimes that stuff, like it's supposed to creep you out, but really what it does, it just makes me exhausted. Well, this was a really good um, horror novel that like kind of creeped me out on an intellectual level. So anywho, Small Spaces is the first book. It's about this um, young girl named Ollie and her mom has died and she's really missing her mom. And so she carries this watch on her wrist that was her mom's with her everywhere. And she goes on a school field trip to a local farm. These two books are both set in Vermont. And um, she encounters this like very scary person named the Smiling Man. And he um, kind of traps the kids um, like their bus breaks down and um, they have to basically evade him or they're going to be turned into scarecrows and stay in his kind of like creepy otherworldly land for the rest of time and so um that is the first book it's really awesome because as creepy as it was it's also about ollie um opening herself up to new friendships and so she and two friends um have to defeat this um the smiling man so in the second book dead voices which is out today um Ollie and her two friends and two of their parents win um, like free night stay at this newly opened ski lodge and they're really excited to go. Um, so they're, it takes place in the winter, of course, and they are driving up the mountain and there's a really, really bad storm. And then they get to the ski lodge and nobody else has been able to make it. So they're there all alone with the two caretakers of this um, of this lodge. And both um, the two girls who are friends, Ollie and Coco, are seeing like strange ghosts and figures and they're not quite sure what's going on. And um, then like the power goes out. They're completely um, separated from the rest of the world and they discover that the lodge is haunted. And what's more, the smiling man from book one has come back. Um, this one, I think, was even creepier than the first book. Um, I don't know if that was just because some of the horror tropes were really, really getting at me. Um, but again, like this is a really great book that is about how friendship and loyalty and love and working together can defeat some of these really scary people. Um, if you have a kiddo that likes creepy scary things like I would 
you know, feel totally confident handing this series to them because it is very age appropriately written. Um, maybe I'm just a big baby and that's why these books scared me so much. But they're really entertaining. And both of these books, I didn't plan to, but I read them in a single sitting because I just could not put them down. And, you know, they're 200 pages. So um, I felt a little bit like Liberty Hardy <laughs> reading through in one sitting. <laughs> um, so again, those are Small Spaces and Dead Voices, which is out today by Catherine Arden. I'm very excited to read the second one. I did enjoy the first one so much. Also, um, I guess today's theme is like creepy fall books, but, you know, leave it to me to be like, hey, there's two books that mention Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) But lots of creepy books. But hey, I missed that. Um, And I said hey twice there. So that is it for our new books today. What are you going to read next? Um, so I'm going to read a book that I think you have been shouting about all over Instagram and that's, um, Hollow Kingdom. Oh, yay. So good. I'm really excited that it's out now and like everyone can read it. Plus I've had like a bunch of people reach out to me online and be like, I loved this book. So I'm going to see her. She's talking in Rhinebeck, New York in the fall sometime. It's almost fall. My goodness. And I hear she's bringing a bird, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I can't wait. Well, my pick is also uh, sort of bird adjacent. I think I'm going to finally tackle Duck's Newburyport by uh, Lucy Ellman, I think it is. And I don't know anything about it other than it's like one long 1,000-page sentence. So, <laughs> which sounds super nerdy and awesome to me, which might make other people go, ah, but... <laughs> To me, I'm like, that is so cool. I have to check this out. Um, so that, I think, is what I'm going to do. So that is it for us today. Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, you can go to Book Riot Insiders. Go to insiders.bookriot.com to get a 14-day free trial. Uh, thank you to Chase Darkness With Me by Billy Jensen. It's available now wherever books are sold. And you can go to bombas.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash all the books. And get 20% off your first purchase. We are online, as we were just discussing. Uh, you can find Tirza online on Twitter on, at T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. Uh, I mostly just hang out on Instagram now at Friends and Comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com if you want to talk some more about true crime or, you know, ridiculousness in TV shows. I don't know, anything that you want to talk about. Uh, And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.